Hey there, my name is Joe Keyport, and you're listening to the Ear Coffee Podcast. This week, I talked to Eric Johnson, better known as Smelkin Ernesto, about his new music. Songwriter recently put out two singles in the month of March, Solo Dimelo and How Much Longer, and was featured on an episode of Voices in the Back a program dedicated to showcasing artists of color here in the Twin Cities. I personally learned about the project in 2019 when the now-defunct Heavy Metal Records released his EP, Cambios, which featured lyrics that blended Spanish and English together with lo-fi lounge rock and Ernesto's blend of just riffs. During the interview, we talked about his beginnings with music, his love of recording, as well as being a Colombian adoptee raised in Minnesota. It's Eric Johnson, better known as Smokin' Ernesto, right here on the Ear Coffee Podcast. Eric, how's it going here this evening? Uh, doing well. Yes, can't complain. Yeah, yeah, You were, you've, you, you have a, we're, we're recording this a little later in the evening because you get to work from home, right? And you get to work the odd uh, hours. Yes, actually, but, um, I guess you. I guess your coffee will get an exclusive on my oh. life. Um, <laughs> my job became another casualty of the pandemic. Oh no! This last Friday. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> so sorry to ask you about that. Then. <laughs> no, don't be at all. It's actually been uh, a huge blessing in disguise. And okay, luckily I uh, I will be just fine. Okay, it's actually kind of going to be a vacation now which oh nice is pretty cool <laughs> yeah what were you what were you doing before that now makes it a blessing in disguise um well i mean it was purely just to pay bills gotcha something i did not enjoy <laughs> but could certainly tolerate and do well um and it paid quite well too so that's unfortunate yeah. but um <laughs> again um I'll, I'll be fine and this is actually great i've been been feeling a lot more creative lately so this just this was actually i was pretty excited in a way <laughs> nice like, no one, yeah. oh thank god i do not have to go into work on monday and now also i can really have myself a little writing retreat with nice. the spring coming up here so perfect yeah i've been i mean i get a little window that the listeners don't get seeing into your kind of like little studio bay area there so that's yeah. This is this is the HQ right here. Nice, my weird skinny long room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you, because you do, do you, you do a lot of the home recording for the Smoke and Ernesto stuff, right? Everything, everything. Yeah. I actually, I, I went to I went to school for audio engineering. Um, so I mean, that's my background on that. And I'm, but I mean, I've been uh, self recording and producing music since I was like like 14 or 15 extremely crudely in the beginning but nice (laughs) that's it's been it's long running been the passion ever since i you know was able to figure out how to do it nice well then take me back to 14 15 wanting to record music we always like to kind of get that baseline when people started getting interested in music here on the podcast so talk to me about you know when you started getting interesting interested in playing music and writing music and recording music um, I mean, I've, I've always loved music quite a bit, but I was one of those people who, whose parents didn't really have great taste in music. And it's not like something that they were super excited about either. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so like I feel like though my earliest memories of like really falling in love with music though um was like when I would be I don't know maybe like four years old like four or five years old and I remember on trips to my grandparents we had Beatles anthology one. Oh, nice and I remember like listening to um Ed Sullivan and all the early demos and mm-hmm. some live recordings and stuff and those were really really powerful to me at that time but i didn't start actually playing music kind of in the world or realm that i do today until i was mm, like 12 i think i was 12 or 13 when i started electric guitar mm-hmm. i had played like trumpet when i was 10 and <laughs> Did dabbled the, with piano a little bit i'm like the middle school band thing life. yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so you know i and i'd been in choir and stuff too for a long time but um yeah i was like 12 when i picked up guitar and then by like age 13 we me and some friends already had a little band and stuff like that and we were doing green day green day covers and <laughs> things like that but then writing some really awful songs together too oh of course you a know few, a few good ones but you know yeah <laughs> so so of your little friend group, you know, making music together, were you the one who started like, maybe we should start recording this or got the, got the bug for it? Yeah, definitely. So like the, our, my bass player who was actually, there was a kind of a core of three of us that remained in a band together from like age 13 to high school. Um, our bass player, he kind of had more of the equipment and stuff and, that was when it really kind of sparked an interest to me. I mean, mm-hmm. he, I didn't have Mac computers growing up either. So, and he, th- their family did. So he introduced me to garage band and, um, I really took a shine to it. And, um, then I started to get my own really cheap equipment, mm-hmm. uh, for like my <laughs> home PC. Yeah. And yeah, back in those days too, I mean, that was like early two thousands or so. And like when you're on just such, when I was just on such a shoestring budget mm-hmm. for that, it was oh my god, it was so crappy. And, <laughs> but but it was it was fun yeah. too. Um, I was figuring it out. But um, yeah, and then once I got that, then we would kind of do it at at my place too if we were able to. And um, yeah, I mean that was just I just kept saving up and getting more equipment, and that was um, that was. Uh, uh, that boy what am i getting at here <laughs> uh, no more lo- no no looking back after that yeah that's what i meant to say. Y- like you talk about that shoestring budget i was thinking about you know in high school when i my buddies and i had a band and you know you have the the off off brand stuff thankfully they were the they had the they were the ones who were investing in all the gear but you know you have the the yeah. like the weird like sterling audio microphone that has like it's all mid-range but it's it's so cool to be able to like record it and hear it back for the first time and it sounds like a rock record despite it not when you listen back to it you yeah know, now right. yeah yeah um no it was great a lot of fun yeah so you were playing in bands at high school did you did they did those uh friends come with you when you came to the cities or to to start playing now or were, was there like a, a break when between you know playing in the high school band to making music now um no it didn't really stop for me i had always been hopeful that they would have come down to the city here but no they both went their own completely Mm -hmm. separate ways for school and i'm my own 
Um, but I had other friends, older friends from my hometown that were down here and kind of kind of playing around mm. and stuff too. So I definitely always had, you know, people within arm's length. Um, I moved here in 2010 okay. to the actual city. Um, so, I mean, 2010 to 2013, 14, I mean, I was always just kind of kind of dinking around with other friends mm -hmm. and stuff with the scene and friend group and stuff like that. There's always someone to play with. Mm -hmm. And you said uh, we, we were talking about this off mic, technically. Uh, you're talking about how you came here to do or you went to school for audio engineering, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I graduated uh, like 2013. Um, didn't really, I, I had like some, I had some jobs within like the studio world for a little bit, but, uh, it, it's, it's really, I don't know. I mean, I, I needed to eat and pay mm -hmm. bills and stuff too, which <laughs> suck. And like when you're, when you're young, like in your early twenties, I mean, you know, the pathway to that kind of career path is just a lot of low paid or mm -hmm. more often than not unpaid stuff too. Um, Unfortunately, I just wasn't in the, the seat of privilege to to go down that route as I needed to to live first. Um, so, yeah, then but I did work in like music instrument retail for a really long time. So I was kind of adjacent mm -hmm. for a while. And that actually helped me get a ton, a ton of my equipment. I mean, I, I wouldn't have all the stuff I have today without, you know, without those jobs. So, yeah, Um that was nice and I could kind of keep it on the back burner, but I think like more so in the end, I did realize that I would much rather uh, produce and perform is kind mm -hmm. of the real, the real dream. So then when did, you know, Smelkin or Ernesto kind of become the project you wanted to, to throw yourself behind? Cause you put out your first record, which was simply Smelkin in 2017. And you, then you put out it's Cambios. I'm, butchering Gambios. okay uh i was like listening to the songs trying to like make sure i don't at least butcher most of the uh, pronunciation sure. but um uh and you put that out in 2019 when would you decide to you know throw yourself behind this this project so right before smelkin um i was in a band where we were we were kind of we most of us were trying <laughs> to make something of it yeah uh, um, which that was part of why it, that didn't work out but um yeah i was in this band called business cash for a while and we had we had some shows we we gigged mm -hmm. decently for like a year um did some did some recordings and stuff too there's like four of us in the group we all wrote and we're, it was fun i mean we actually we would like switch up instruments mid set and stuff like that um yeah, it was a lot of fun playing with those guys, but ended up not working out. And after that, I was kind of miffed about that because it we I felt like we did have a lot a lot of potential. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a lot of talent there, but just I think it was too many chefs in the kitchen kind of thing as well too. Um, and I think we were all really really strongly opinionated mm -hmm. or could be on you know this is so-and-so song and this was that, you know, we didn't yeah. ever kind of come together as one like Voltron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we needed to. Um, so after that, you know, I was a little frustrated with that. And I think I also just kind of realized like, I have never liked authority figures. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it has come to yeah. like creative stuff too. 
I'm happy and love to work with others, but uh, do I prefer to work alone? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just that, that, you know, people are nice, but I don't play well with others from time to time when when it comes to projects. (laughs) Yeah. No, I feel you wholeheartedly. Um, Was that kind of like a, it was a big thing too of like, you know, why, why have someone, you know, if I can do it myself, why don't I just do Do it? it, Yeah. Um, you know, it, you know, it's frustrating to be on the same kind of worth work ethic level too, and you know, I was, I, I still am, of course, very, very serious about mm-hmm. this. I mean, I, I hope this pans out to a good majority, if not all of my income at some point. But, um, so yeah, it was just kind of really about finally investing in myself. But the other thing too is that I don't, I don't think stuff that I'd like written with those bands and stuff wasn't entirely for me. Okay. either um and you know i i hadn't really explored my own voice or uh, really made myself or really put myself out there and made myself vulnerable before vulnerable before mm-hmm. with my writing and my work so that was also a huge intention behind what, what uh, smell as well yeah what was that that those other bands what were those kind of bands were they like indie or punk bands because smoke and ernesto uh, were... oh. Oh, i'm sorry go ahead no you go ahead yeah I was going to say, yeah, I get. we would call them just like indie rock. Um, I, like a lot of our kind of influence was stuff like, um, hmm, like Guided by Voices, okay. uh, maybe like a little Sloan, kind of like bar rock, stuff like that, kind of roots rock. You know, we're all kind of into like Dr. Dog style vibes at that point, you know, like 20, yeah. you know, 2010 to like 2014. Uh, the kind of retro rock and roll sounding mm. stuff is what is what that was really about. Uh, big star, huge. Yep. We were all huge fans of stuff like that. Gotcha. Because I was I was wondering where that that kind of where you got to the sound that is smoking. Because it's like it's it's like this lo-fi loungy kind of rock, but with just like riffs, which is yeah. always a great. Like you're just like you're like vibing, and then suddenly there's just a guitar solo, and I'm like, holy shit, where'd this come from? <laughs> it is great. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so you come through and you you got smoking together. Were you originally performing as a solo act, or was did you have a, a live band? So that was like the big thing with it, and um, I didn't. I I was very determined. I was very mm-hmm. set that you know this is this will be the passion and and for real project. But it was so much of just figuring it out too. Excuse me. Um, yeah, in the beginning, so. I, I, my discography is is kind of weird in that I started with like a pretty ambitious full LP, mm-hmm. and then move, and then I've just gone down smaller and smaller. <laughs> now basically at this point, then EP and now singles. singles yeah, but um, uh, yeah, I started off with a full LP, and um, it was really just testing the waters because yeah, I didn't know at that time if I was going to have a backing band or not. Like there was a time where I was thinking about, um, you know, maybe actually just getting some sort of, uh, actual analog groove sampling device. I was like, uh, maybe I'll just run straight mm. from a box and then I can have, you know, guitar, maybe even bass on stage or some keys if I want to play a little bit. Um, but I don't know. It ended up just being too much, um, too much logistics i think and also i was just like man you know i i do miss playing with people and there is a lot to be said about that as well and it is just i i think it's 
better. I'm, you know, I, if I was going to truly be by myself, I feel like I would need to be, you know, some crazy, uh, jumping around person, which is not really my stilo. <laughs> it can be sometimes, yeah. but I don't think I could do that all the time. Um, so yeah, I kind of, some of it was a little electronic-y, but mm-hmm. I did make sure that there's a lot of, you know, full band stuff that could be done with, with a live group as well. And then it wasn't until after that debut album that I actually just put out a Craigslist ad. So I had one, my drummer, his name is Wade. Um, he's actually, he's been in some, he was in the bands I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, but he still plays with this one group. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh, Daniel and the Real Feels. Uh, they, Familiar, they, they, but yeah. You pro- yeah, if you if you listen to their records or songs, you would probably recognize them. I feel like their real kind of heyday here when they were playing more regularly was probably like, like 2015 through mm. 2017 a little bit. Uh, which worked out well for for Wade too, because then he had more time for. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. The I put out a Craigslist ad and um got a lot of responses. <laughs> Those were God. I wish I would have kept some of them. Those were really funny. Um. And I think I did make the ad like a little goofy and weird too, kind of in an attempt to weed out certain folks as well too. But um, yeah, we got a bass player and a guitar player and. The bass player, like, I was kind of lukewarm on, but, like, seemed really ready to go mm. and, like, on on the same page. And, like, he kind of told me his background and, like, what, what kind of music he likes. And I was kind of playing, I was playing demos and then I was playing, like, stuff that I was listening to at the time. And he's like, I'm like, you know, like, if you really don't like this, like, <laughs> we- please, let's not waste each other's time. Yeah. No, 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 I'm totally good. And like he seemed like he was good. And then it was like three weeks before we got our first gig. And it was like three weeks before. And he's like, Yeah, sorry. I don't I'm not I'm not feeling this. I'm I'm out. Just like bro. And so I had yeah, I know. It sucked. <laughs> but we ended up finding someone else in that time. And uh this guy named Sean, still in the band today, mm-hmm. is just an absolute professional and and workhorse and yeah we were we were ready to go for the first show and it was, it was crazy how mm-hmm. well that worked out i mean they're they're both my friends now for sure um sam uh sam is my guy on guitar and then sean on bass and then my old hometown friend wade on drums but uh yeah it, it really worked out so nice I would I would recommend you'll you probably get some crazies in there, but uh, it might really work out. Yeah, yeah, I've 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 heard some Craigslist horror stories, but so the the two bands I've talked to about that they've always seemed to have come out positively, which is which is a good thing. Cool. Yeah, I like to hear that. Good. Um. So, uh, something that struck me about your music, especially uh, listening to uh, Cambios, which is not the case mm-hmm. on, and then the new singles. Um, which wasn't the case on your first record was that you sing songs in both English and Spanish. And mm-hmm. I talked, I was talking to Jeremy Warden who formerly of heavy metal, which pour one out for heavy metal. Love that label. Right. Um, we both kind of were talking about how cool it was to hear that. So talk to me about that decision. Cause it wasn't really on your first record. If I remember correctly, but you know, that, that follow up EP that you put out in 2019, it was there. What was that that decision like to to put that in music? 
um a lot of big a lot of big life changes and mm-hmm. and recognizing some some other things uh i think like musically as well but mainly like the big life changes so um i'm a transracial international adoptee that that just means i was adopted by a white family from a different country mm-hmm. other than america i was adopted from Bogota, colombia uh when i was a baby and then i grew up in rural west central minnesota so a big part of the smoking thing too is just uh expressing and grappling with like the lifelong identity crisis that i pretty much you know had mm-hmm. from straight out the gates <laughs> yeah um, not like not something i chose to to have happen um but yeah that's it's been a huge part of my life and who i am and it wasn't until um boy i think it was 2018 is when i actually found my biological family again yes it would be 2018 i believe okay um so i was in reunion with my biological family and i mean even before that kind of the year leading up to it and especially with smelkin as well too i mean such a huge part about the project was uh something to reclaim my my lost identity as well to my latinidad and um that had just been growing and i mean since like moving here i would mm-hmm. say in the last decade i mean that's really changed a lot for me too but you know especially around like 2016 and 17 i started getting involved there's a there's so many colombiano adoptees in this city and that that and they even pale in comparison to like how many south korean adoptees are in mm-hmm. the state as well too minnesota is a huge hotbed for us um so i was involved in those communities a lot uh i did like some there's like a book project i was a part of and like we do like we all do get togethers and stuff like that too so that was really extremely helpful and and good for me uh mentally as well too mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, finding a family in 2018, you know, really changed that a lot. And that was also when I like, you know, I had to, okay, I, I have to learn Spanish now. Okay. <laughs> Cause like none of my, none of my biological family speaks English. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean, I, I now had to deal with that, uh, language barrier as well too. So that was also the decision. I mean, because one, I'd been learning and speaking it so much more um and then two i mean i just i listen to a ton of spanish-speaking music as well too and i I don't know it just it hits different um i I love i mean i love music in a ton of different foreign languages i mean i've been listening to like a lot of japanese stuff lately but um you know, I don't know why it, it sucks in America that international music gets such a bad rap because there's like so much good stuff out there that we're all missing out on. Um, so that was kind of the decision of of that to go the more bilingual route as well, too, as part of, you know, one, mm-hmm. just it being ever more present in my life all the time now. And two, you know, a, again, another mm-hmm. kind of reclamation of my my identity. And then also, I mean. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think too. We, uh, I want to hear more international music. Um, you know, breaking breaking charts and in America and stuff like that too. There's there's a lot of cool stuff to give and and uh, bring out into the world with with bilingual music mm-hmm. as well, not just Spanish. Yeah. Um, were you? Because 
were you because the that like identity crisis i feel like maybe a strong word for the situation as someone who mm-hmm. hasn't lived that life but that kind of struggle with your identity um comes really on the forefront of simply smoking like i mean literally that first track is a spoken word yeah. kind of thing um mm-hmm. did you grow up you know speak do you learn spanish growing up or was it uh just it, once you got connected with your biological family that kind of that more part of your identity became prevalent um yeah growing up no i did not i did not learn it um i i grew up very in comfortably middle class mm-hmm. but un- unfortunately i would say one of the missteps my parents took was that i mean we didn't we never were really shown or, or taught anything i mean i grew up with an older adoptive sister from from brazil mm-hmm. she was adopted from um we were both adopted as infants but so we grew up together but uh our parents never you know they never really made a point to teach us about you know where we actually came from that much as mm-hmm. well too other than just like this is the city this is that's where it is yeah cool huh like <laughs> um so no i didn't have that um but in middle school i mean i think i had my first spanish class in like middle school okay. um and then i did do two years of it in high school and i was pretty good at it like just it's so funny thinking back on that now um but yeah for those classes in that school i did quite well but I'd always kind of tried to keep up with it just because, I mean, I know, you know, I always knew at the end of the day, well, I mean, I, I am Latino. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help that where I was born. Um, and I, you know, I, I've always wanted to to really buckle down and try and learn it. And, but eh, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm still not fluent. Um, mm-hmm. It's much better. But um yeah it's a it's it's a process mm-hmm. so <laughs> i was lazy about it until i like absolutely had to start <laughs> learning it gotcha what was that first song that you wrote that really you felt mixed the two languages really well together in a way you were you know comfortable with mm, i don't know because like you know before i had worked on uh the new song solo dimelo that just released uh yesterday mm-hmm. uh, or Mar- march 1st um i think that is by far the the best one i've done and that felt the most natural um but yeah because it's funny i mean back when i was still working on cambios uh you know i, w- I was like pretty pleased with myself but like now now i like cringe a little when i, yeah. <laughs> when I hear it too. it's kind of like uh Band, like I, I know, I, I know just from listening to this podcast too that this has been a topic that's been brought up. Um, bands hating their early work. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like that too. Like listening to some of my Spanish and cambios. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also for same for me for just the music itself too. Oh man, I I do not like my first album. But <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about bring taking it down a few times, but um just because it's like like i kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast like it really was just kind of a test like i was just Mm. kind of seeing what worked and what people reacted to as well too um or what felt the best as well but um no i'll keep it up there i Mm. keep telling myself like it's fun to see the growth as well too over the discography to compare it to some of the songs on on yeah 
debut. <laughs> yeah, even like I mean, it's it's a little different because like I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a fan as opposed to the creator. It's like it's always interesting to hear people talk about that stuff because like I mean I don't re- create music. I mean I I play in a band, so like I can say I create music now. But like mm-hmm. listening to early or reading early works I've put together, you're just like, wow, people decided to consume this, and then. But it's like yeah. it's just a great like benchmark for where you started and where you came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talk, you mentioned, you know, the new single that was out as of March first at Solo Di Melo. So talk to me mm-hmm. about that single because it's it's mostly in Spanish. So uh, from the few you know words I could pick out, I don't speak Spanish. So I mean, I, I was just vibing, enjoying it, but uh, a lot <laughs> a lot of the themes you know are a little lost on me. So talk to me about that single yeah. and what that song is about and. Yeah. So the the phrase itself, solo dimelo. I mean that. I mean it's basically just saying, uh, just say it. Mm. Um. So the song itself is kind of um. Now, like I mentioned, I'm in reunion with my biological family, just my maternal side, and um, it went really great. Um, surprisingly lucky. A lot of those stories are sad. Mine is actually pretty wild that that could be like a whole other podcast about that but um <laughs> but i i had like an extremely like almost like disney like uh version of how that all worked out for me um but with a few hiccups mm. um and i would say with my uh i have a strange uh, complicated relationship with my biological mother and she's actually like kind of estranged from like half of our family uh so there's there's some weird bad blood with some of my my biological siblings and her as well too um so that song was kind of just talking about that conflict with her and you know there's some things some decisions and choices she made that uh she just i don't know she can be a bit of a compulsive liar and stuff at times too (laughs) thankfully she doesn't speak english so she won't so if she does hear this she won't understand this but (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um yeah i mean it's basically just about about that um you know there's some stuff there's some family secrets that we we kind of like all know Mm -hmm. that she knows just kind of refuses to just come out with it so so that's that's kind of what that song is about so the 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 just say it you know that the title implies is you trying to wishing you could hear her say that to you yeah yeah and um a sibling or two as well um for being hyper specific about Mm -hmm. what what it's actually about but uh yes yeah essentially that's that's it it's just kind of it's kind of a plea, almost, yeah. I would say. Do you, any of your biological family members, do they listen to your music? Or have you shared, like, these songs with, like, especially, like, like something like Solo Di Mello with them? Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually, like, played, I remember, I have a friend down there, a non, non-related friend in Bogota, um, that does help me out with some of the translation. Basically, like, I typically can get to the point like where I, I say what I need to say, but then the friend helps me out with like keeping it uh, more loose and informal, mm. um, especially and helps me out on my slang and stuff like that too. Sometimes 
because I do want it to sound Colombiano. Like, you know, if, if someone, I mean, that's, that'll be the goal eventually is yeah. that when Spanish speaking fans hear it, they're going to say, Oh, like, oh, oh, that's a Colombiano or that's a Bogotano right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I do get help with that uh, from the friend, but yeah, they, they definitely listen when I, we were talking about Jeremy earlier and rest in power, heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Cambios was released under heavy metal um so like when i after the release i usually because i released that february 1st 2019 Mm -hmm. and i think pretty much like four days after that is when i did go to visit family again so of course i brought a bag full of tapes for for all the family to have as well too (laughs) they all they all like that they're happy about that no, they're they're fans. Gotcha. I, I was wondering, you know, with something like I, such a new and potentially fragile relationship, which is like reconnecting with a group like that, and then you know they hear a song almost like Solo Di Melo or something similar. If that you know had any sort of you know not conflict, because yeah, I don't hope for that. But you know, if you know yeah. if they took how they took that, or you know. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of just like vague and like mm. cool enough sounding too that I mean, I, it could probably be interpreted anyway. And I think more than anything, they just they just kind of get a kick out of it. Too. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So with with Solo Di Mello, you'll be having you'll be putting out another single on the fifteenth, which potentially might yeah. be out by then, depending on how this podcast lands, which is how much longer. Right. So what what about that song that you wanted to you know pair it with? solo di mello especially when listening to it it's you know and you giving me the context of that that uh that single like this one mm-hmm. kind of has the more the longing side to the plea you know when i yeah. was putting that information in my brain sure um pairing them on i mean there's no special mm-hmm. significance like with these two songs at all it was more so just like oh this is like work that i find acceptable that I can mm. I can be done with <laughs> yeah. release I, it's been a while and I need to release something I need <laughs> to get to work um so that was kind of because like uh, solo dimelo I I wrote that song probably three years ago okay um, it, it's probably it's been through two or three different versions entirely and it really wasn't until kind of the pandemic here that you know that was like my main goal like when I kind of realized you know that oh we're gonna we're gonna be inside for a while like then i definitely Mm -hmm. need to get this song done because i like it there's a good foundation but i struggled for years working on that one uh that was kind of a back burner song for a really long time so i i have listened to that song so many times i can't tell you (laughs) (laughs) so it's really really nice to be done with it and working on new stuff now too but um yeah that one took a while and then it was when I got working on finishing that up was that uh, creativity kind of hit again, too. Um, and I th- think I was also just at a point where it might have been around the time when, like, the election stuff really started to to ramp up on the news. Oh, like, yeah. Maybe not not like the bad stuff not like the the insurrection or no. anything but like you know back in like the summer i think when you know campaigning and stuff like that was was really still going on hard um yeah and i was just really itching to to work on new material too mm-hmm. and i mean the i think <laughs> when everyone hears a song i mean the lyrics speak quite plainly um uh and speak for themselves i think 
yeah, How Much Longer just came out of what, I mean, so many BIPOC people have felt always. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially in our city, which, like, began uh, the uprising um, mm. that is going to pardue coming in coming in here in like uh <laughs> next week or so yeah it's it'll be interesting yeah um oh yeah so you said you'd been sitting on solo dmlo for a couple of years where was that like the only song you're working on or were you kind of post cambios were you kind of sitting on just kind of taking a taking a break from writing on music or were you just kind of looking for that creative yeah it was really hard in the beginning of the pandemic because i mean before the pandemic hit i mean we we were playing quite regularly Mm -hmm. um and i mean that was going to be the plan i mean i actually i had quite a few shows booked that had to get canceled um so i mean that was really the goal at that point and like i think i knew that you know, not knowing that we were going to be in a global pandemic, I was like, yeah, I would definitely want to keep playing as much as we can and then get a single or two or something released um, just to help fortify mm-hmm. the set list while hopefully I can get some time to work on, you know, like an actual EP or LP again. But no, then the pandemic hit and that that all changed, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, so in the beginning, it was just really, really hard. I was in a huge creative and writing rut for okay. pretty much most of the pandemic, other than finishing <laughs> Solo Di Melo, yeah. and then uh, how much longer. It was kind of like the light switch just like hit right after I got done with those two, and just like, I I got nothing now. Mm. Um, but that changed like huge in just like the last, three weeks uh, the light switch hit again in the opposite direction now so um, it's really good to be done with these because i'm working on a ton of new stuff and i mean i always am working on stuff yeah. but like all of that like aside from these two singles was just like they'll probably never see the light of day but that's that's how it goes <laughs> <laughs> tis the 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 plight of the creator um mm-hmm. so you recorded all of this stuff. You've been recording all of this stuff at home, all of like Simply Smelkin and Cambios. So is that, so you play everything on all of these songs then, or do you work with the, the live band? No, no, they act purely as a backing band uh, mm-hmm. when we do play out live. Um, and that was the other thing too, with like, you know, that I made very clear from the start when trying to round up a band uh, with the Craigslist ad, I was like, you will have no creative input here. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I am your God now. <laughs> if that is okay with you, then come on, hop on board. Um, but no, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not crazy. Like I'm not some tyrant. Like mm. you have to play it exactly the way I, I did it at all. No, if anything, I, I miss that about playing with, with the band live is because you know i especially now that we've been playing together for a while and i, I kind of i know everyone's strengths and stuff mm-hmm. too so i mean I, I definitely encourage um you know to improvise or make better if they can uh when playing live but yeah as far as the actual you know releases that you listen to go all of that is me mm-hmm. uh except Except the drums. I do program the drums. I try and I do play though. Um, I try and make a point to 
to program parts that I know I can play. Uh, mm-hmm. There's definitely probably a, a fill or two <laughs> that I, I probably can't play, but I would say like like 85% of the drumming you hear, oh yeah, yeah and, I could do that. Gotcha. Um, well, moving on down the list here, something that, well, one, uh, I, you, you, that'll be coming out on the fourth, which is you did a, a feature on voices in the back, which, uh, yes. for people not familiar, which I wasn't quite familiar with it until you brought it up. And then they have one episode out as what? of recording this and you'll be doing one that'll be on the 4th of March. Talk to me about voices in the back and what your kind of your feature on that is. So that's a really exciting project. Um, this was uh, put up by uh, the Minnesota Musician Coalition, the MMC. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but um, really great nonprofit, been around for a while. And um, they put together this video series uh, called Voices in the Back. Excuse me. Um, so it's headed by the two fine folks, Anastasia Ellis, and uh, maybe you're familiar with Alexi Moon Cassell, uh, also known as Crescent Moon. Um, so those two are kind of the 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 head showrunners of the whole thing. And yeah, basically it's going to be an episodic uh, feature for local BIPOC artists. Mm-hmm. Um, they did debut their first episode last week from the record here today uh, with Carnage the Executioner. I believe after my episode, we're going to see Taylor Seberg. I think Chris Parker is one of the other artists. Um, and then I think kind of the season one uh, capstone episode is going to be Sophia Aris. Um And then I know that there are other artists too. I don't know how they're going to do, if they are doing like seasons, mm-hmm. I can't remember. But I do also volunteer for them as well, too. So I have been helping out behind the scenes as well. In addition to I kind of just like shot my shot with them Yeah. because <laughs> originally <laughs> I hopped on as a volunteer. Yeah. And I was just like, I was like, eh, just out of curiosity, like uh, who's who's on the roster so far? Are you, are you looking for anyone like, you know, look over yeah, here. Yeah, like- <laughs> it, it ended up working out, uh, <laughs> which is cool and really nice. But um yeah, I've also been volunteering with them. There's kind of a, a small team of us as well of other uh, BIPOC folks in the city that um, helping out with like the social media uh, media management. I'm mm-hmm. kind of helping out with the audio work as well. Mm-hmm. If you like listen to the the teaser video that they had, or I mean, if you listen to if you watch any of the episodes, if there's like background filler music, that was that was stuff I did. Um, and then, I mean, they are using this. So basically, I mean, it's a video conversations and performances highlighting BIPOC folks in the Twin Cities music scene. But it's also they're hoping to kind of make it this multimedia platform thing. Like I, I, we're looking to probably get a podcast going now. All the episodes will be archived mm-hmm. via podcast. You can actually it is live right now as we speak on uh, Spotify, like episode one is already archived via podcast. But I mean, we're looking to do just like a regular, you know, podcast like this as well mm. too. talking, you know, maybe kind of like the extra behind the scenes to yeah. this episode. But I know that we're also open to, you know, having, you know, maybe folks who, you know, maybe like activists or educators, stuff like that. Um, you know, anything that really falls in the realm of, 
you know, race and identity mm-hmm. and especially just the BIPOC community at large in the Twin Cities here too. Um, and other creatives too, not just musicians as well. Um, I think, you know, visual artists and stuff like that are, are definitely on their radar as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's still, it's really early with all this. So um, the, hopefully that pot, I can't, I don't have any, any sort of <laughs> dates or anything yeah, like yeah. that when like a podcast or any other sort of, um, entity or mm-hmm. wing of voices in the back uh, that it may take on but uh, i would just say uh go to their website uh all social media handles should just be voices in the back or maybe vitb but yeah i mean we've got the website up all the social medias so just keep your eye on that i mean because there's Again, like the the roster is stacked. Like I, I feel like the most imposter syndromed, like yeah. <laughs> out of like the lineup of like the season one people, because um, like I shot my episode with, um, with Carnage and Sophia at Hook Ladder, and so yeah, that was like I was like, God damn it! Like I gotta follow <laughs> one of these fuckers. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was really awesome. It was great. Mm-hmm. They're all so extremely talented and it was unfortunate because like the pandemic got i was gonna help out on the second shoot with like the four other artists that are gonna probably be kind of part of season two or whatever Mm -hmm. um but that was like i think when uh the governor had to reinstate a lot of restrictions on on stuff like because that was in like january december when they did that again around the holiday Mm. yeah so i was i wasn't able to to join and help out on that shoot which was unfortunate but um they still got it done and uh lots of cool stuff to come from that so yeah definitely keep your eyes peeled on that and and you're the ground and hopefully uh you know maybe um maybe a podcast as well too and some other stuff yeah well i just got a couple more questions for you uh this evening so this one's a tough one just because it's the pandemic but do you have any plans coming up in 2021 what can people expect from from smelker ernesto this year i mean obviously you got the 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 single coming out on the 15th and you got the voices in the back episode but do you have any other plans for i don't know streams or something like that or just kind of taking it where it uh, as it goes. Texas, te- Texas, and Florida tour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I don't have any plans. Um, but my schedule right now is quite open. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I um, I don't I don't know what it is like what what changed for me, but like some some something something happened to me lately it was kind of like a light switch again and i've been really 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 excited about working on music again and have been doing it quite a bit Mm -hmm. um i'm really looking to to step into a new chapter that that's like kind of the other reason why i'm so excited to get (laughs) you know i'm this is like horrible um this is like really awful marketing for me where I'm just like, yeah, like I have these new things coming out, but like, honestly, I don't really. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's something really excited about his work. Um, no, I am. I'm, I'm thrilled and ecstatic about the work, but I'm also really thrilled and ecstatic to, to turn a new page. And um, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm trying to go a little bit more, a little more hi-fi this Ooh. time around too. So um, yeah, I think, I really, I think I can safely say you will hear more music from me by before the end of 2021 for sure. 
um whether it's one song or or hopefully an album of some mm-hmm. sorts i don't know i don't have any dates but uh um, yeah ba- baby boy is cooking right now so. awesome <laughs> well it's it's good yeah. that you got your time your uh your much needed time off yeah yeah it's great <laughs> like you said earlier but uh where can people connect with you online and hear your music Ah, the fantastic thing about my name, my my persona, my my music project name is that it's no one ever will will claim that territory or that uh, that property of the internet. I don't yeah. think. Um, so pretty much anything is just going to be Smelkin Ernesto, and that's the, like the word smell and the word kin together, and then Ernesto. Okay. Um. So Instagram is just at Smelkin Ernesto. I have a Twitter, but I don't use it at all. I just use it so I can look at trending topics, uh, keep a pulse on society. <laughs> um, and then uh, I think I have a YouTube channel. Pretty sure. Yeah, of course I do. I have like a bunch of music videos. <laughs> There's that. Um, whoops. Sorry, directors who did all that. Um, Facebook.com slash Smelkin Ernesto. www.smelkinernesto.com, baby. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, chatting with me here this evening, Eric. Yeah. Yeah, it's been fun. Appreciate it. The Ear Coffee Podcast is a companion to the blog of the same name. If you like this episode, Please leave us a rate and review so we can stand out among the other music podcasts. You can follow us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ear Coffee. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.